I'd like to start out by thanking some people. People like Ryan Weiss, The Ugly Machine, Matt Leninovich, James Charnock, and Daniel. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and helped us out by kicking us some money. You can be like them and get access to not only the full version of this premium Watch Out for Fireballs, but all previous ones, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff, by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Chrono Trigger, which is a Japanese role-playing game developed and published by Square for the SNES in 1995. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sponsored by Cole. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's cool. I, I hope you like this thing that I brought you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, th- this, was, this was one of my, van- my vanity picks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to believe that there was a coherent reason for wanting to do it. Um, but, uh, I think that I actually, you know, when I was looking at it and thinking about summer JRPG, it would be weird to reach the 10 year anniversary anniversary without covering this, I think. Oh, <laughs> so the, we're the, getting, we're getting the, it under 100%. the wire. Not how that went, though. That conversation went. Like, I put it on the schedule as a placeholder and said, "Like, do you want to have this as your vanity pick?" Yeah, I offered this up to you. You did. This was this was like I, I presented this to you as a platter on a platter because uh-huh. it's been a minute since we've done a traditional JRPG. Yeah, and I was trying to fit it into the schedule, and it's short. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Yeah, we well, didn't do this for a ten year anniversary. Don't don't steal valor. <laughs> no, I, from no, years. no. I'm not. Um, I'm not saying it's for the ten year anniversary. <laughs> like as I was playing this, I thought, oh, it's weird that we haven't covered that, and now we are. Now we are covering that. Well, it was in a uh, break glass yeah. thing for a long time. We were it like, was. oh yeah, we can break glass, and it's not an emergency. No, nope. we're not breaking glass. But if enough people listen to this episode, it does kill the Delta variant. It does. So, so, uh, you know, so if it you, is it timely. If you pause and delete this. Um, yeah, you're probably you, you just living up. your life. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're probably just living your life. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, in this game, you play as a young man with the unlikely name of Chrono, mm-hmm. uh, given what he gets into. His name, my den- <laughs> some, dentist name is Krentis. Maybe that's why he became a dentist. Some real um, nominative determinism, I think, is what that's called. Yeah. 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 Uh, you get swept up in this plot to save the world uh, after your scientist friend's teleporter turns into a time machine, as mm-hmm. they do. You know. Just uh, as uh, as 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 things end up happening, uh, oh, we should probably also say this is the premium episode for this month, so everybody's going to yes. get the generalities. Uh, but the beat by beat uh, is going to be for our lo- lovely patrons. Just uh, making that yeah. one clear for everybody. Um, yeah, and saving saving everybody the time. Like uh, you can scream at me for thinking this is good instead of great if you want, but I still <laughs> like this game. <laughs> like if if that's the the degree of sensitivity you want to get mad about, uh-huh. like I'm not here to tell you how to spend your time on Earth. Yes, uh, you, you can do. <laughs> that um i am i i like this game i think mm-hmm. it is good and breezy and charming yeah i have things that i think would make it better and mm-hmm. i don't think i want to play it again yep. but that is not damning like i like this it's my favorite game we've done this month yeah it uh you know? it, it, it it deserves it, it deserves its place in its pantheon especially for what it did when it did yes uh while you know also occupying that like very good but overrated yeah position that a lot of games do where like this shows up as greatest game of all time and greatest rpg of all time like pretty frequently and Mm -hmm. i think that is a wild claim like i don't think that that's supported by the text like even close Mm -hmm. um i think that it is for its time extremely good for now still pretty fun yeah like still pretty good Mm -hmm. you know yeah well what's your what's your what's your history with uh with chrono trigger 
No, you know, not the not the load bearing history that makes everybody love it. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't play it to completion as a kid because it came out pretty late. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, like I was I was looking at like history stuff. I was like, this came out a year before Resident Evil. <laughs> like this, this this is this is late, man. Yeah. Um, I had moved on largely by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and to to thirty two pit you know, our games, like RPGs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so n- didn't, didn't play it to completion until emulation times. Yeah. So like late teens, early twenties. Mm. And then this is the second time I beat it because I really traditionally lose interest as soon as you beat Magus. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I think that the second half of this game is not as strong as the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, personally. So I'd always just kind of fallen off. Like I bought the DS version. Um, I bought it on iOS to like play on my phone mm-hmm. and I just get bored at that point and stop. Yeah. So yeah. it's certainly a, it's, it's certainly a, a climax for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it loses some momentum with it's, you know, the genre, like here's the actual villain, which mm-hmm. is something that the genre is always going to do kind of no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 escape it. I didn't play this when it came out, um, around this time, Basically, uh, all the RPGs that I played were whichever ones were in the rental, uh, were Mm -hmm. at the rental place at the front of the Kmart that was near my house. Uh, so Mm -hmm. that was Final Fantasy II, uh, you know, at the time, Mm 4, and Super Mario RPG. Chrono Trigger was Mm -hmm. not there, Final Fantasy VI was not there, and by the time I really developed, you know, uh, a yen for these things, uh, in the 32-bit era, uh, the Chrono Trigger and, uh, and, you know, other things like it, like Earthbound or whatever I really wanted to play, uh, couldn't get a hold of because they were very rare and and even more costly than they began. Um, mm. So I had to sate my uh, my appetite for this by just rereading the Nintendo Power Guide for the first few hours of the game over and over again. Never mm-hmm. touched it, just looked at the screenshots and read the read the descriptions of what happened in the story. I was like, this sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, you know, and then uh, played it uh, on an emulator, and then played the terrible PlayStation version, and then uh, really went to town and did like basically 100 of everything when the DS version came out. I'm ultimately a bigger fan of Chrono Cross, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because I like hostile and uh, weird things. But uh, but yeah, this uh, this definitely loomed large, mostly by being like inaccessible. Like you know, I would have had to spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars on eBay um in like 1999 to get this and as yeah, a as yeah. a uh uh 12 or 13 year old you don't have hundreds of dollars to spend on ebay <clears throat> no no nor the wherewithal to uh figure out the uh the emulation yeah yeah you know the uh i, I forgot about the playstation port i also played that and yeah. then uh quit after you beat magus <laughs> so I, I i've done that fight like f- four times or something <laughs> five times uh and then i'm like oh the, the, the cool game where you beat, beat magus that has the trial <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and that's basically what chrono trigger is to be as a memory you know yeah uh yeah a trial Mm-hmm. Real good. Yeah. It 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 does the game does front load more of its stuff like that than I remembered as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it it is uh you know that that Nintendo Power guide that was showing the beginning of the game like that is definitely like almost like an attract mode mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of when I talk to people about this game, a lot of the stuff that they they really love is solidly first third. Yes. Of the yeah. game. Um, you know, unless they go on to be like Shala super fans, which is a weird <laughs> thing that happens. Yep. Um, you know, which we'll, which we'll get into that the, the character who's barely a presence in this who somehow <laughs> launched like a million conspiracy theories and several mm. games. It's very fun. Um, oh, you mean the waif? <laughs> the, 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 the waif whose character trait is that she's nice. <laughs> oh, every character in this game is nice. Like even yeah, some of the but, bad I mean, guys the one are who's, nice. Who's nice in a in in a royal family of mean people? Oh, you you mean like 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 Marl? No, no, Shaw. Oh, like, oh, the just other feel like one. She's, the she's other just good like royal. really, really yeah. nice when, yeah. <laughs> like when you know everybody's a jerk around there. She's nice, but she has no other personality other than being nice. And people are just like, "What's she get up to? Like, what, are, what are her continuing adventures? Yeah. What what happened if there was a nice woman? <laughs> Can you imagine a tale? Um, yeah, it's very, very funny. Shala obsession is very funny to me. 
Yep. Uh, so let's get into um, the generalities. Uh, this is a yeah. very standard uh, Square or Enix style JRPG. Uh, you know, just understand what that means. You've got the overworld town dungeon. Uh, this is top down for most of the time, although the graphical presentation varies and gets neat in some places. Uh, and you fight turn based mm-hmm. battles uh, with a kind of modified, simplified version of the active time battle system. Yeah. So, so imagine, you know, just kind of the standard of this, and then we'll, we'll talk about the deviations yeah. uh, that it has um, in this. Uh, the biggest devi- deviation, um, I would say, is that battles aren't random in that you don't step on a tile mm-hmm. and have them pop up. Um, there are none in the overworld map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not like they trigger on a certain number of steps. Like, for people who don't know, generally this is like a, a dice roll plus a number. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like every D20 frames plus 20 frames or something, Mm -hmm. which is why sometimes you get like just two in a row when you're doing that. That does not happen here. Um, Instead, either enemies will be just kind of vibing on the map, walking back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or they'll be in choke points where they can't really be avoided. Or uh, way more than I remember, they ambush. Yes. Uh, You walk into a predetermined tile and they come out from behind the scenery. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, game that we've done in the past a long time ago that is kind of similar to this is uh, is Parasite Eve, where uh, encounters yes. happen at certain places whenever you uh, whenever you pass them. Um, you know, you you I I, I I like this system. It doesn't solve every problem with the random battles, especially because you uh, are forced to do an awful lot of these fights. The times where you are able to avoid them are pretty rare, and they often reset if you leave a screen and uh, and, and come back to it. However, the the friction of like, oh, I went over into this corner and there wasn't something there. I wasted steps until my next until my next encounter. Uh, with that going away. Uh, it actually does make getting through these dungeons a little bit more pleasant because you're not constantly just like picking up pebbles and throwing them into your backpack, weighing you down of like yeah, you, expecting you, an encounter. You know when it's going to happen. You can flex for it. Yes. You know, um, it, it's one of these things where like I, I'd like I talked about this before. I, I think that this this feature is overstated, but it's also not worse. Like it is inarguably better. Mm hmm than just having random tiles turn into monsters yeah. that you fight and you go to a zone, <laughs> you know, and, and fight monsters. Like this is inarguably better. Mm-hmm. It's better because you end up doing fewer of the fights. Yep. Uh, it's better because you have that preparation and stuff. It is, I don't think it's the sea change Yeah. that people remember it as. And I think that on replaying it, like you do spend a lot of times just kind of chewing on cornmeal with shitty fights. Mm-hmm. Like I, ha- I know which text will end this the soonest and that's all I'm doing. I'm not using my thinking brain at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is still, even in Chrono Trigger, the game held up as the, the counter example of this stuff, the vast majority of the fighting you will do in this game, mm-hmm. like by a lot, not, not even just by a little bit, by a lot. Uh, but it is better. Like it, it is, it's, it's taking an edge and like sanding it down a little bit, mm-hmm. which should be lauded. It just, it's this weird thing where it lives in people's memories where they think that's like, oh yeah, it revolutionized everything. There's none of that friction. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Like there's still tons of it actually. There's just less, <laughs> you know, get on back, round them up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. And, and oh, there, cowboy! It ended up being a thing. You know, I played the I played the uh, iOS slash Apple TV version of this, um, mm-hmm. and that adds auto battle. Uh, you know, where just all you press the button and then all of your characters do their attack. You know, I ended up turning that on a lot and then using battles as a as a time to take my notes. Actually, um, especially yeah. if I knew exactly what these enemies were. I would, you know, engage manual control if it was like a tough enemy who required a little bit more, you know, working around, like if they had a specific, uh, you, you know, resistance or something like that. And definitely for bosses, you know, you're you're engaged yeah, with course. those because those are good. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, you know, it's definitely it's it's still Tappa Tappa JRPG encounters because this is, uh, you know, it is it is a it's a JRPG. <laughs> there's the like there's, there's no error, there's no know, changing it's that a JRPG JRPG ass JRPG yes I yeah. ended up this time I played on emulator because I wanted to fast forward mm-hmm. through that stuff and I'm I'm looking forward to being stoned in the public square because of listening to the music on fast forward or muting it <laughs> you and you, putting you, on a you, podcast you, or whatever. you know these songs <laughs> like it's yeah yeah I, well, and also here's a little weird little trick a couple of the songs are actually incredible bops at 1.5 speed just <laughs> throwing that out there if you're looking for a new way to experience the soundtrack. Yeah. 
some of the slower ponderous stuff turn into cool jams. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I just, you know, you need to do something to get past that, mm-hmm. I guess is my point. Like either auto battle or fast forward or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still very much a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things is you don't go to a zone, as you mentioned, you fight the, zo- the monsters where they are in the level. Um, this is something I, I really wish they'd done more with. Yeah. Um, enemies kind of just wander around during the fight, and there are uh, AOEs, like technology, uh, special moves that you can do that will hit areas of effect, but you have no control over it. Right. So, uh, which is, you know, it's a, a really big deal in this. Like, if you could manipulate party position, mm-hmm. there would be a lot more strategy, as is. If I have an AOE, I sometimes wait for enemies just to kind of wander closer to each other Mm -hmm. and then time it based on that. And there's something there where you're fucking around with that with active time battle where, like, you're potentially giving them more turns while you wait for them to do that. But it's never really the strategic choice to, like, let them get together and let them hit you more. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it turns out to be a little bit of a nothing, but in, it seems cool. Yeah. Like, again, I think it's better. <laughs> it's undeniably better. It's just not there yet. Yeah. Uh, you know? Also, like, the, the they stop using this and, like, the, like, the movements and the relative position in the battle gimmicks after about the first third of the game. You know, yeah. like, there are a couple yeah. of, like, set piece fights that, uh, that, that, that lean on this system. But, uh, man, I would love that they did more with it. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to go all the way toward being lunar, right? Which is, you know, a game that actually does let you control party position and you're, you know, it's, it's a little bit more like a miniature strat- strategy kind of thing. Like, they're, like, if it was an in between point or if they just found more ways to use it consistently, I think it would be, you know, better remembered for that. But yeah, well, the weird thing is it's, it's hugely remembered for it. Yeah, that, 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 like, that's, it, that's it, why it, I said, but it's like, but oh, yeah. they, they did it for the first yeah. third and it gets credit for the entire thing anyway. <laughs> it would be more accurately remembered. Yeah. For it, as opposed to, again, just kind of like people cherry picking the like best parts of this for their memory, mm-hmm. which like good for you. It, it makes you a happier person. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't uh it, it did not reflect on my experience of replaying it in, in 2021 very yeah, much. Yeah. I wanted a lot more control over that, mm-hmm. um, you know, relative positions. But again, it's better than just having two rows of dudes stand next to each other and punch each other. Yeah. You know, um, you know uh, which it, is the alternative. And you also get complacent. Like there are, you know, certain attacks, like basically anything that attacks on a horizontal line is going to be completely overpowered because of the way mm-hmm. most boss fights work. You know, with, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the main baddie and a couple of a couple of options or uh, dipshit standing next to him. Like there are certain things that are just, you know, more more effective. Uh, and, you know, there's a little bit to making that choice and realizing that. But mm-hmm. once you do realize that it, it's pretty easy to go on autopilot yeah. with a lot of this, like I leaned pretty hard on tried and true text and it's it's, it's worth noting it's not a hard game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so that was just fine. You know, and that's that's again that's in the plus column, but it's something that did did discourage uh, strategy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, we talk, we've been talking about techs. Uh, techs are special moves and spells, mm-hmm. um, basically. Uh, characters will unlock them as they level up for a while, and then you have to go talk to a a golem in a zone uh, <laughs> to get them. Um, and if you have the correct party composition. Um, with the correct like text unlocked, you can lock double and triple text for either extra damage or extra effect mm-hmm. uh, or things like that. Um, also, a weird thing that I remembered like later in the game, this gets incredible. Mm-hmm. Early on, I, know, I was like, this doesn't seem that much better than just doing the two texts separately. Yeah, yeah. And because you're losing move economy for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked it up and the damage formulations are are very mild for a while. It's yeah. like doing these two things together does the damage of both of them plus 20, mm-hmm. you know, or plus 20% or something like they're not devastating. Yeah. Um, eventually they get good, mm-hmm. but early on you're trading a turn for a very minor benefit. Yeah. You're, you're, um, uh, and part of that benefit is seeing the cool animation that they can't came up with for combining these two different moves. Like, like all of the like animations are super great. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, really winning and charismatic, <laughs> like character animations during fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, something that kind of goes along with this, you know, talking about the battle system not being necessarily ambitious enough, that leads into and feeds off of kind of this lack of character development or customization. You know, the mm-hmm. things unlock at you know particular levels, things like Final Fantasy IV style. Um, you'll come across gear in treasure chests or in stores, and it's almost always pretty much straight upgrades until you get to the end and you start finding elemental gear um, or uh, gear that confers like particular uh, resistances, uh, things like that. You are not making an awful lot of choices aside from like picking which characters are going to be in your party uh, at a particular time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, kind of playing into this too, uh, just because it was a thing that surprised me when I replayed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it doesn't have a note. I, this is, as far as, uh, Japanese role playing games, this might be the least, uh, that status effects matter. Yeah. It's not a thing. Like the, the curative for it is the, the cheapest thing in the game. Yep. The panacea. Uh, yeah. yeah. They almost, they, they, they never really do very much to enemies and they're really a minor annoyance to you. Yeah, uh, and that confines the play space a lot because that's one of the benefits I could get for sacrificing a turn for doing a dual tech. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, this adds poison as well. Like that can actually be very potent. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of not in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it it really contributes to the really constrained play play space, which is, you know, not my preference, but to other people is a big advantage because you don't like it, it is a very breezy effortless game mm-hmm. yeah you know to get through so that your your mileage on that will vary mm-hmm. yeah i never built a strategy around inflicting a status effect i'm sure there is some you know very maximized strategy that is way overpowered uh i couldn't discern it and i got through the game just fine just doing what felt right um yeah. at uh the moment the only the only time that uh th- that uh, status effects really bugged me was when like my entire party was confused and i got to watch them stumble around like drunk little dipshits yeah, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to when they get drunk in the plot. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, you know, so really simple equipment, you know, weapon, helmet, armor, and then there's an accessory. Uh, and this is a major upgrade you can get, but the, it's rare that you only get one slot for each character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best thing is pretty evident. Yeah. In, in most cases, um, depending on what you're doing for the character. So not a whole lot of choice in that respect either. Mm hmm. To, to, to compare this to something that was like contemporaneous, um, I can't really speak to Dragon Quest because I never really played those middle entries. But like Final Fantasy VI, you know, a lot of this is pretty similar. Characters have techniques um, and some of them get magic at particular levels. Uh, but, you know, what I think puts that a couple of notches above this is the uh, the Magicite system. Uh, oh, yeah. Where yeah, where you can uh, kind of steer growth, not you know, not just of like spell acquisition, but like stack growth by uh, by equipping ma- magicite to people. Um, well, and you had two two accessory slots, mm-hmm. and the accessories did a much wider variety of things. Yeah, you know, like obviously Genji glove offering is mm-hmm. the classic combo, but it's not you know oh, but the the thing lets you cast multiple spells and makes them cost one MP is also a good mm-hmm. combo depending on what you have. Like there's a lot of different cool little synergies you can do. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that Final Fantasy VI is an order of magnitude more complex than this. Yes. Like between having just more characters, the characters each having their own individual gimmicks, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Like this is very simple. Um, you know, I wanted a little bit more of that, uh, you know, accessory stuff, mm-hmm. but again, it's not, it's not the game that it is. Yeah. Um, you have it here in the notes, which is really, I, I didn't really put this together, but it's true is that most of the characters can do ranged and close up attacks, mm-hmm. um, attack like areas of effect and have, uh, healing mm-hmm. techniques and spell. So no one is really specialized outside of their element, yeah. uh, that they do. And there are enemies that have elemental weaknesses there's not a lot that signals them. You kind of have to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is much more common than elemental weakness I found is just resistant to magnet magic versus resistant to physical. Yes. You know, uh, and that comes up a lot, but once you know it, you just kind of know it. Yeah. 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 Um, and any, any key unlocks that lock. Yes. And because, you know, a lot of this, many of the enemies are palette swaps, you know, you're just like, okay, yeah, this is that little slime ghost guy. 
I know uh, I know to use magic on this as opposed to try and physically attack it. Uh, you just yeah. kind of pick it up uh, as a as a as a context cue. Yeah, because nobody's terribly specialized. You know, like I said, you're not really building a you know building individual party members. You're just kind of selecting the people who you like to have around. Uh, or mm-hmm. the people who have like triple text, uh, double or triple text that you uh, that uh, can that you can take advantage of. So like, I don't really enjoy Ayla as a character. I would have preferred to have mm-hmm. Luca in there, uh, but uh, it, it, Ayla plus Chrono gives you Falcon Strike, and that is a boss killer. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, the the weird the canonical party that people roll into from the Path of Least Resistance for this is Ayla and Frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found, I mean, yeah. I, like, at least that's what, that's why I play us, mm-hmm. uh, with, with Chrono. And I found that to be really efficient, covered all my bases and very powerful. Yeah. And it's a bummer because I, I'm with you. Like Ayla is my least favorite character by like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, of this crew. And it's a good crew, like mm-hmm. great crew. Yeah. Uh, but I think Ayla sucks basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can't get that much out of a cave woman. <laughs> no, like I, I would like to have yeah. Luca there, like making, you know, dorky scientific observations, but with Ayla, it's like Ayla win, Ayla smash. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, you do okay, win. Ayla. You do slash Ayla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you certainly do. There, there's a lot of like reading about Ayla online. There's a lot of people who are like, no, she's not dumb. I guess. Like, you know, like, don't, don't think she's stupid. And like, I, she, what, is, there, is there an effective difference? Like, I understand <laughs> that, like, just not knowing the language. But if you're walking around just being like, me smash, respect strong. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty dumb coding. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, you know, like you can you can make the argument that's, but that's universally like, you know, Hulk speak. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what they have the Hulk say to show that the Hulk ain't so so quick on the uptake. You know, she yeah. talks like the Hulk. Um. Yeah, I, I do. I don't really get get a, uh, uh, as as a, a draw. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's talking about those characters, um, you know, mm-hmm. they play into the story. Each of them comes from, uh, one of these different time periods. Uh, you know, the story, like it's not just globe trotting, uh, you mm-hmm. uh, explore kind of the same smallish world map, but you're going across five distinct eras, uh, kind of it's uh, much more time, time trotting. Yes. Then then globe trotting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so you go, you know, from ranging from 65 million BC, it kills me that there is a BC because it implies there at zero there's there was a Christ, a Christ born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also uh at one point um Dalton's like Houston we have take off or whatever. Yep. Like, oh, there's a Houston in this world. <laughs> and and <laughs> it, like, it also it, it it also concerns yeah. itself with uh aeronautics. The space race? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh just yeah, it's very very funny. Yeah. I understand that's just like a goofy, you know, translation thing. But, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> the the BC stuff is very funny. Yeah. Me. But uh 65 million BC up to uh 2300 uh AD. What you're doing is, you know, you 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 learn about uh the fact that the world in the year 1999 is going to be destroyed by this creature that erupts from the earth called lavos mm-hmm. this kind of lovecraftian yeah. cosmic monstrosity yeah and you 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 spend the first half of the game thinking you're gonna fight magus and then the second half of the game realizing that you gotta fight lavos mm-hmm. you think magus uh, causes lavos but it's not true not true at all um yeah we'll talk about the individual characters when we run into them uh, you know, and the individual time periods, you know, um, the, the best thing about this game, I think the reason why it lives so large in people's memories, mm-hmm. uh, is that it is short and well-paced. Yes. Um, it is 20 hours long. It is, uh, goofy. Mm-hmm. Like you are constantly going to new stuff and people are constantly making like nothing, nothing in this game makes me laugh, mm-hmm. but there are things that make you smile. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of cute. There's a lot of like cute things in this game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about it that's charismatic. Yeah. 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 Charismatic is is the word I would use. Like just like, oh, this little grace note, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just you know, it wasn't until I played this, you know. So the last time I really dug into this was probably back shortly after uh the uh, the um uh, DS version was released. You know, and I, I I didn't have you know the perspective that I have now, especially having consumed specifically more manga, um, mm-hmm. and you know just th- that kind of media that is constructed, you know, in these arcs that are meant to move things along and be spaced. This really does feel like like a like a like a a, a well paced, fun manga aimed at teens is 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 mm-hmm. is, is what this is, and that I think kind of you know speaks a little bit to why this has such appeal for people who are like roughly around our age 
to adapt that uh, comic book quote uh, that, that you talked about, uh, the golden age for video games or the golden age for JRPGs is when is 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like when you're 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you're just on board for like, Oh, you know, I'm in the caveman arc. Mm-hmm. What comes next? Yeah. You know, I'm in the medieval fantasy arc. Mm-hmm. What, what comes next? Like those things do kind of move as individual little things. And that out of everything I think is generally overrated about this game. That's the one thing I don't, think is overrated i think Mm -hmm. that's actually really really good yeah um i wish that the rest of the genre would take a lesson from this Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to doubling down on the exact opposite yeah consistently for 20 years 25 years (laughs) yeah uh, of just deciding oh we don't want to do anything like that no no let's you're crimson trout but then after that no 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 no. no. we 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 want Uh, we want this to be novelistic but presented in a cinematic way two things that are 100 percent at odds with each other (laughs) <laughs> what, what if what if every entry in Xenosaga was like Barry Lyndon paced? But no, 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 we're not we're not dealing with that level of like cinematic. And also, there are three of them, and they are <laughs> ten times as long as Barry Lyndon. Um, you know, it's they decided to do the opposite, which really oh. bums me out. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I you know going back to things I think are cool, but I also think are overrated, is mm-hmm. this game's new game plus cycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, this is the first game, not the first game with a new game plus, but the first game that called it that. Yeah. Um, you know, you arcade games do this all the time. Like you start Mario Brothers one over mm-hmm. once you beat it, and it's harder. Like that's a new game plus. Yeah. This is one of the first role playing games that had it, and the idea here is so you can collect endings. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head. Like my memories of this, even from when I was in my you know early twenties, was that there was a lot more to getting endings rather than just choosing when you get off the ride. Yeah, no. Um, it's just when you get off the ride, though. Mm-hmm. Like in New Game Plus and uh, throughout the game, you can fight the boss multiple like very early on. Mm-hmm. On New Game Plus, you can fight him right away, and you, the ending you get determined is determined ba- based on when you fight him. Yeah. So the New Game Plus experience of this is going through battles that you you're one-shotting everything including bosses Mm -hmm. so it's relatively frictionless it's it's challengeless like you're just tapping Mm -hmm. through these encounters but you still have to go through all the beats yeah to get to the point where you want to jump off Mm -hmm. uh and your reward for that is sometimes a cool little bit of like speculative fiction yeah you know, like what would happen if this butterfly effect thing changed? Oh, I wish, I wish I didn't kill that fish. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes it's just like goofy credits or a really minor change. Yeah. Um, I, in my head, I was like, oh man, like they accounted for all kinds of cool time travel paradox shit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fast and loose with that stuff. It really, like, really is. Only I would say like, mm, f- let's say four out of 10. So maybe like two out of five of the 13, 14 endings, you know, really concern themselves um, with, uh, with, with, with kind of like the consequences of the choices that you made or what you left undone, uh, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, that ratio should be higher if I am meant to feel completely satisfied about this. As somebody who, in the DS version, literally did everything, got all the endings, um, did, did, did the cornmeal bonus content <laughs> that's available here. Uh, it was a real bummer to, you know, play through most of the game and then get one of these things that's like, uh, uh, we're going to joke about, bo- we're, we're, we're going to joke about what girls think about boys. And then your and then credits go back and start again. Loser. <laughs> well, it, it, again, it is a cool thing for 1995. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cooler than not having it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I feel like. Even for me, who is pretty like the remembering self resistant, mm-hmm. uh, remembered it being cooler and more time travel y yeah. than it was. And I think that like a lot of fans of this game are like, oh man, it's so cool. Like mm-hmm. it's basically, you know, looper. Like you're doing all this kind of weird <laughs> and it's 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 not. Yeah. Uh it, you know, and it, to me, like the the rewards for it are, you know, kind of neither here nor there. Like I'll watch a cute little cutscene about how girls think differently than boys mm-hmm. i'm down for a tater salad but the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the the what you do to get there is frustrating to me mm-hmm. yeah like i'm at new game plus so my characters are already very powerful i can fight the unboss mm-hmm. it's just how much of the plot do i feel like grinding through before deciding to do it yeah yeah you know that's a huge disappointment it, to me. It, it's a it, it, it definitely shifts the value proposition so like i, I think that th- the value that this created for a lot of people was kind of before game facts or i guess at the time like game sages uh put together like a list of how you know the criteria that you needed to meet to hit all of these uh, playground stories right or message mm-hmm. board stories like oh 
that's the ending you got. Oh, that's strange. Oh, I didn't good. Oh, that's why. Like working it out with each other to talk about it, making it feel like you had this really, really wide possibility space in a game, you know, in, in a world where YouTube and game facts and wikis exist, the value proposition shifts to where all that is left is, you know, if you're going to engage with this, the kind of just yeoman's work that you need to do to, to, to uncover the stuff and check that box in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's gonna, it's gonna grow like tall tales. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the way that, that they do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is an extremely beautiful game. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think the sprite art in this is amazing. I love how colorful it is. I love the way that different uh, time periods had different color palettes. Um, uh, the character and monster design was done by Akira Toriyama, creator of Dragon Ball, Dr. Sludge. Uh, say what you will about kind of uh, the limited number of faces he can draw. He has a very attractive aesthetic, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that uh, just is kind of you look at it and you know that it is him and he's done a really good job with it. And yeah, I have no complaints. Like I like all of this. I, I love it in sprite form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the character portraits miss me a little bit, especially since I love frog and they gave him tons of skin tags. <laughs> like I think that frog looks really cute in the, the overall, you know, the sprite on the screen. But then when you look at his portrait, I'm like, I don't want to talk to this guy. He's a frog. Like he's, yeah, he's got, he's got these fucking gross quills coming out of his face at random angles. Like how wet is he? <laughs> like, I, I just, I, it makes frog gross, which is a hard thing for me to forgive. Uh, but on the, the smaller battle sprites and everything are great. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. super, super good. And all the background stuff is really good. Uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. like are really, really nice. Like that show up. Um, like there are a couple of vistas in mm-hmm. this game yeah. that are just like really pretty cool looking, like really, really good 16 bit art. Oh, you bet that some of these were backgrounds on Cole's computer for some time. Yeah. <laughs> they look good. Yeah. You know, you could, you could do way worse. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. bosses get gigantic. I think one of the benefits yep. of having, uh, you know, being able to fight on the battlefield itself is that the characters can just spread around this boss that takes up the entire screen as opposed to having it be like an X death or, uh, you know, a Kafka where they have to like work around the aspect ratio of the, uh, you know, standing at both ends of the screen. Uh, yeah. be- beautiful designs on, uh, on these bosses. Yeah, it, it is. It is a really good looking game. Uh, I think contributes to that memory thing as well, mm-hmm. uh, including the the music and sound mm-hmm. also being uh, really, really phenomenal. Yeah, Sonori Mitsuda is a treasure. Yeah, uh, does great work. Yeah, and this was the first. Um, <laughs> this was the first uh, soundtrack that he composed. How angry does crazy. that make you? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's pretty great. It's yeah. it's super good. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have the like again. I didn't play this as a kid, so they don't have the like totemic quality mm-hmm. that final fantasy six and fours soundtrack have for me. Like it doesn't transport me anywhere, Yeah, yeah. but they are like great songs. <laughs> like I had the ludicrous thing of playing this in four times fast forward while having the soundtrack playlist playing in another window. <laughs> Cause it's like, I wanted to get some of the vibe, I, but I couldn't handle playing the game at its traditional speed. <laughs> right. So, like, uh, can I, can I tell uh, you an embarrassing story? So, yeah, so, so it's like so it's like sixth or seventh grade, something like that. I, I'm you know you know twelve, thirteen again, uh, prime age for Chrono Trigger, and like one of our assignments is like you've got to get you've got to give like a PowerPoint presentation. And I forget what I gave it about, but I was like, I'm gonna really zazz up this. Uh, I'm gonna really zazz up this presentation <laughs> with some MIDI music. So you bet your ass I put wind song on that bad boy. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was a cool <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, yeah, that is great. The, uh, when you're, when you're like, man, I, you're, you're probably a little bit, you're, you're set of MIDI. The equivalent of that for me, cause I'm old mm-hmm. was taping using cassette tapes to tape video game soundtracks off the TV. Oh yeah. And like making little mixes and stuff. Oh really? no, I, I did that. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a tape that I listened to that was just like me going through the, uh, the soundtrack test on Ry- uh, Star. People yell at me when yeah. I say Ristar, Rister, whatever you, whatever you call it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Leave goal alone. Like again, I'm not here to tell you how you spend your limited time on earth, but shut up. <laughs> like getting real mad about how Rye Star is pronounced. <laughs> like nerds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've I've done both. I straddle. I like like so many things. I straddle the eras. Yeah. Uh let's talk about the dream team. Let's do here. it. Yeah. Uh, so this began as an idea in 1992, 
Hironobu uh, Sakaguchi, the creator of Final Fantasy, traveled to America with Yuji Horii, who's the creator of Dragon Quest, and Akira Toriyama, the manga artist behind Dragon Ball. They walked uh, into a bar and the joke writes itself. I'm surprised they let them ride the same plane. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, what, what a crew. Uh, you know, um, the idea here was that they were going to research advancements in computer graphics. Uh, but they ended up being friends, you know, as opposed to bitter enemies, as you might expect, mm-hmm. and uh, decided to work together. Yeah. Um, and so, like you, you said, hey, this is going to be bitter enemies. Uh, this would entail the cooperation of rivals in the JRPG market, you know, Squaresoft and Enix. And this is kind of at a weird time for Square, where they were also working with uh, with Nintendo to make Super mm-hmm. Mario RPG. Like, what a strange era. I'm I'm reading that JRPG yeah. book. I'm um, just kind of flipping mm-hmm. through it a couple of pages a night, and uh, yeah, just strange, strange stuff happening. A uh, uh, cool time, um, yeah. So uh, this kind of stayed as an idle thought until the producer Kazuhiko Aoki uh, helped get a team together, fifty, sixty people at Square. That was developing house at Square. They didn't like uh, split it between Square and Enix, um, and kind of the person who I think is responsible for a lot of what we uh, uh, consider great about this would be um, Masato Kato, uh, Kato Kato, um, uh, who's the scenario writer who had previously worked on Ninja Gaiden, and they also brought in a large number of people who had worked on Final Fantasy VI because a lot of the production work on that was done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people here, but none of those, you know, who are famous in this, uh, this world, but none of them directed mm-hmm. the game. Um, the three directors were Takashi Atokita, who did Final Fantasy IV and Live a Live or Live Alive or Ristar or Ristar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshinori Katase from Final Fantasy VI and Akihiku uh, Matsui, who was the battle planner for Final Fantasy IV and V. Yeah. Uh, and that, that like spate of directors there makes so much sense <laughs> yeah. given how this plays. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it plays like uh, <laughs> final fantasy four. Yep. You know, it plays like a JRPG of the time. It does. Yeah. So getting three people who directed JRPGs of the time. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. It, it, it just makes know? sense. If I, you know, if I was yeah. making a game, I would simply, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the earliest version of this pro- uh, project, uh, you know, they wanted to attach it to, uh, uh an existing franchise is going to be part of the mana series, uh, uh second mm-hmm. and setsu. Um, and they were intending to release, to release this on the super Famicom disc system, uh, and the working title was called Maru Island. That's Round Island. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another story about this, and this conflicts, like I, I, fa- I found these two, but uh, one thing that I've read is that this was also, uh, uh, the, the, this concept was considered to be like, you know, let's use this for Final Fantasy VII um, at, at, at a time. Um, you know, yeah. you kind of get the sense that I things that are... Well. Yeah, you get the sense that things were kind of in flux there, uh, specifically around that time. We even the basics of it, like initially, you know, so they, uh, uh, you know, somebody at Square, we don't know who, was like, hey, let's make this a time travel story. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kato was like, you know, that might be boring, let's not do it. But Yuji Hori was the person who really pushed for that. Yeah. As a big fan of time travel stories. So even, you know, not only was where it lands and what franchise up in the air, even what kind of story it was. Yeah. uh, It moved around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the thing that uh, ultimately led to us getting the game that we did get is the cancellation of the Famicom disc system. Um, and so mm-hmm. uh, they you know, decided, all right, let's rework the project and name it Chrono Trigger. But even Chrono Trigger was not uh, like, you know, th- th- they didn't come up with that for this. Uh, they were developing Secret of Mana, uh, considering it to be for Final Fantasy, you know, like, let's call this Final Fantasy IV. Uh, no, let's make it a mana game. Uh, but call it Chrono Trigger, but then no, let's actually call it Secret of Mana, uh, and now Chrono Triggers is floating around. Let's attach that to this. Really weird. <laughs> it's, it's so, uh, as somebody who has, you know, largely, like, my taste had moved on from that era of mm-hmm. games, and it's because of elements they all share, Yeah, learning that basically they were just like, oh, we got a new game, what should we put it in? <laughs> you know, is it like, um, like the Duff uh, thing where they're pouring <laughs> Duff Dry, Duff Light, and Duff Regular all into the same yeah. thing. You know, almost like it's like they they didn't really care that much. Yeah, like yeah. It, it ends up making sense to me that these this genre blends together and feels to say me when they were kind of interchangeable to the creators as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, it was not a huge time for, for ambition. Yeah. And like before somebody yells at me, like I know that there's like that tarot game and stuff like there, there's earthbound. There are games that are more ambitious. Mm-hmm. Like I know that there were, were times for that, but square Enix specifically were making a series of semi interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, kind of games mm-hmm. as uh as evidenced by the fact that their titles were literally just stickers that they could take off of one and put on another yeah yeah, yeah. It, it it really didn't matter that much yeah um that i mean that's probably why you don't run into that many people who are like i fucking love secret of mana but i hate chrono trigger <laughs> you know like they, you, people tend to go part and parcel with these things mm-hmm. yeah you know it's there are people who prefer like dragon quest to final fantasy but i haven't met somebody who only likes one mm-hmm of this era yeah. you know later games of course like there are people who don't like final fantasy 13 but like dragon quest 11 but mm-hmm. i don't think that there are people who like dragon quest 5 but don't like final fantasy 4 yeah yeah you know yeah so um uh so um Sato kato uh wrote the entire scenario uh with notes and guidance from the big name creators uh kind of with an emphasis on avoiding uh long strings of boring errands Kind of wanted to have like a good story reason for you to do some of the things you do. Uh, not mm-hmm. entirely successful on that regard, especially in the side quest uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, the, the the hit ratio is high enough to where you can you, know, you can see that that intention came through. Yeah, higher than genre standard. Yes, you know, um, and he wanted to make an actual branching story. You know, uh, but he couldn't do it. They didn't have enough resources to make a branching story. But this is where the multiple endings come from. So this multiple endings thing that is uh, a compromise, mm-hmm. you know, or that feels like a compromise because it's simpler than it lives in your memory, literally was a compromise. Like, yes. he probably wanted to do things that were more ambitious with the time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so Chrono Triggers, uh, the, like the seamless battle transitions and animated monster sprites. We didn't talk about that, but instead of just being images that flash when they attack, like monsters have walk cycles, uh, and they, mm-hmm. uh, will like change poses when they do their attacks. Um, that was a technical marvel. Um, like, you know, even on a cartridge that required, uh, moving a lot of mem- memory around. And that's something that they actually gained, uh, by having this not be on, on the Famicom, Super Famicom disc system. Uh, it, you know, that would only have been possible on a, on a cartridge with the quick way that it moves stuff around. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. I think we, I think we gained, gained by that. You would have had to watch a loading screen before every monster did a backflip. Like yep. this, this guy's <laughs> going to pick up this guy and. And go, if you go get some coffee, if if you want to approximate that, uh, get a copy of Final Fantasy Chronicles and play the PlayStation port of this. Yeah, yeah, or uh, any PlayStation Two JRPG. <laughs> uh, you basically get that. Go play Rogue Galaxy. Uh, you know, don't oh, play God. Rogue Galaxy. <laughs> and then we're gonna get the Rogue Galaxy stands on our asses, Gary. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, like it's, it's not a good game. Um, yeah, the. Uh, so uh, playtesters had a big role in defining uh, what Chrono Trigger ended up being. Um, they complained that the game was too hard, which resulted in some of the simplification. And that's what added the hint system at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are my enemy. <laughs> um, New Game Plus uh, began as a result from feedback from playtesters saying they wanted to play the game again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they were like, yeah, well, go for it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's add this in. Um, and that soundtrack... Uh, you know, we, we mentioned Yasunori Matsuda. Uh, this was his first soundtrack because he was just a sound programmer at, at Square um, at the time. Um, and he talked to the studio heads and like, hey, I want more money. I'm kind of stalling out here. And they said, oh, if you do the music for Chrono Trigger, you know, maybe you're going to get a pay raise. Uh, and I hope mm-hmm. to fuck he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's really good work. Yeah. Um, he uh, he also, you know, so he, he wanted to make a bunch of music that didn't fit neatly into genres, which I think, you know, he succeeded at largely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, however, this this entire game is actually a nightmare of crunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he specifically, you know, worked hard enough that he got stomach ulcers, so they had to bring in Nobu Uetsumatsu to come in and compose 10 pieces of music for the soundtrack. But the uh, all of the characters, like, it's a fun Easter egg where you talk to the developers and they talk about how they, like, their wives wanted to leave them and stuff for yeah. this game. And because it was 25 years ago, it's super cute. And if this <laughs> happened now, Patrick Klepek would be like banging on their door, you know, to to cancel Square Enix. Yeah, yeah. Like th- this was apparently an absolute nightmare of work life balance and crunch. That sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. No, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's funny the way that it's it's changed tones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a fun Easter egg in this one, and you're like a 15 year old kid, and you're like, ha ha, he was. 
(laughs) this creator was sad and he fought with his wife because of video game. (laughs) Like, I wonder, Robo's funny. Uh, And then, like, and now as an adult, I'm like, Jesus Christ, take take extra time on the fucking game. Please. Like, yeah, it's horrible. Oh, man. Uh, but st- stomach ulcers, um, uh, yeah. like the, the, you know, it, like you have a lot to do. Like there's just tons of music in this. When this was put out as an official soundtrack around the time it was released, it went on three discs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of sound effect work that's happening on here as, as well. It just, just un, un, unheard of at the time. Uh, and that paid mm-hmm. off, you know, this is widely considered to be one of the best, uh, game soundtracks of all time. Um, and it's gotten mm-hmm. lots of fun remixes through the years, uh, you know, by fans, like there's some really good, uh, fan stuff from OC remix. Uh, there is, uh, like I, I kind of am a sucker for that acid jazz version, uh, that mm-hmm. they put out in the late nineties of the, uh, the soundtrack. Um, yeah, if you want to learn more, uh, that, um, what is it like eight bit music theory, uh, channel on yes. YouTube has a really good video explaining why this doesn't sound like any other music <laughs> from that time, yeah. uh, you know, or any other like non, uh, Mitsuda music. And because it's because it uses like chords that don't technically exist and transitions that shouldn't actually work. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool soundtrack. Yeah. Like great, great soundtrack. Um, the translation, uh, so Ted Woolsey mm-hmm. uh, was given 30 days to localize this for English-speaking audiences. Uh, not very much time, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, as is uh, his reputation, uh, it is still good work. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are some, like, problems with that, and I prefer the original translation, like, give me old English frog or give me death. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I do not want a modernized frog. No. I think that, you know, a big part of his charm is the ye old speech. Mm-hmm. It's uh, important. So, so good job to him. It's important. Like what he nailed was giving the different characters uh, different voices, uh, you know, different yeah. speech patterns based on where they're from. It's good. Yeah. Caveman. Mm-hmm. Right. Halo Robot. Smash. You know, like all the all the major archetypes are there. And then mm-hmm. modern. <laughs> and then the rest. You know, that's uh, not quite true, but, yeah. uh, so this game has been re-released a lot. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. Square's trick is get you to buy the same game um, over and over and over again, uh, primarily because this game was really well received. We don't need to talk about, um, you know, how, like what people, you know, how much praise has been heaped on this. You've seen it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, they're like those re-releases, uh, like the first legit way that I played this was that really bad PlayStation port um, mm-hmm. as part of Final Fantasy Chronicles. Uh, you, you know, you can you can look up specifically why that was so bad, but everything had a loading screen attached to it, even going yeah. into the menu. Yeah, that that's really the big one. Yeah, you know, like the rest of the stuff is not great, but that's the the thing that killed it. Yeah, um, yeah. especially in a game that's like sprightly paced. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it ends up being more annoying than the other loading time intensive mm-hmm. ports that they did. Yeah, uh, because a lot of this game rests on the fact that it doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, but they updated the translation, uh, and they butchered frog. Look what they've done to my boy. Um, mm-hmm. and they also added some animated cutscenes in uh, Toriyama style. They're nice, but you know, not strictly necessary, uh, except there is one that does, uh, an explicit connection to Chrono Cross, which was going to be, uh, kind of coming out at the time. Uh, those ties would be further kind of solidified and kind of retconned in the extremely good Nintendo DS version, uh, that came out in 2008. This would be the version I'd recommend you play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. It has none of the technical problems of the PlayStation, uh, uh, version. Um, it does have like bonus materials that are not great, but if you're down, if you're a sucker for this combat, Hey, there's more of it for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is like a bonus boss. There's like a new ending that does give, uh, more of a direct tie to either Chrono Cross or Radical Dreamers, depending on the way you interpret it. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm going to throw in for playing it on emulator. Uh, yeah. The the ease of use stuff is is really valuable. Porque no um, los dos. You can emulate the DS version and have the uh, the fast. Oh, forward. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to say just play both and compare. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you can do on the on an emulated version is speed things up, and then if you get sick of, uh, you know the so something that somebody in the Slack said was like everything's great about Chrono Trigger, but playing it mm-hmm. like. I don't want to harp on it because I don't want to be a parody of myself. You do <laughs> chew through a lot of really obnoxious, boring combat in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will not stop anybody from just like cheating, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get through this game for the pace and the scenarios and just absolutely ignore it mechanically mm-hmm. head to toe, like make everything die in one hit. That's what people do You're in fine. their memories anyway. 
So yeah, it's literally yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a feature that they add to like the Steam ports of Final Fantasy games. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just max stats and no encounters. Yeah. You know, uh, so do whatever can make this palatable to you. Uh, like it is, it is worth playing, but whatever medium that can like take away all of the playing part of it, of just going through the same encounters over and over, mm-hmm. I would say do. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say emulate this. If you're going to be playing, uh, playing this on a PC, the PC version is not, not great. Uh, came out not great. Um, and though they tried to improve it, it didn't really, uh, rise up to be, you know, what I would call uh, preferable to uh, other stuff that is more accessible. Uh, mm-hmm. I played this m- mobile pop popped my phone into the backbone. Um, and that mm-hmm. worked, did a little bit, uh, because you can send cloud saves to the, to the Apple TV, TV version, but there was input lag and no other game has given oh. me input lag in that. So, uh, that was not a, a way for me to enjoy this. So that was a bummer. That's wild. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just the, the incredible fast place blistering action. <laughs> it's active time battle, Cole, not <laughs> passive time battle. So it's, so it's weird, right? Like you're, you're trying to input your commands, right? But like if, if there's lag and if, especially if it's inconsistent lag, I would end up oh, like double tap. Yeah. Double tap and like hit the wrong person and all that. Like it's, it, it actually, it, it was a bummer. <laughs> No, no, I, I wasn't trying to minimize that. I just oh, think it's yeah. funny that the least demanding, like this yeah. game that's a quarter century old, <laughs> right? Like had that problem. Yeah, uh, inexplicable, you know? inexplicable. Yeah. Yeah, very, uh, very weird. Um, there's a follow-up game to this that only came out in Japan on the Satellaview um, in 1996. Uh, this is called Radical Dreamers. Um, it is a visual novel. Um, and the events would be tied really directly into Chrono Cross, which is really weird for a game not a lot of people played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radical Dreamers. I have no idea about the quality of Radical Dreamers. Um, did not know about that until I was adult and kind of over it. Yeah, uh, I haven't I, played I, the did, entire thing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've played a I've played a little bit of it. The fan translation is really good, uh, and mm-hmm. you do some really wild things in it. Uh, it. It is it's it's weird. Chrono Cross as both a continuation and like a like a redo of Radical Dreamers is is very strange um mm-hmm. they like they say like yeah chrono cross uh, eliminates the need to do radical dreamers but there's stuff that happens in that game that doesn't happen in chrono cross it's weird yeah and gets referenced i know that mm-hmm. um, yeah. i i did play chrono cross uh when it came out um so this came out uh it was developed by square released in 2000 all i remember is a scarecrow and a fisherman fighting on a beach <laughs> and having to brute force the ending because i can't tell the difference between yellow and green yep um, so th- those are my memories of Chrono Cross, uh, but I understand that you are much more fond of it. Yeah, I love Chrono Cross. Uh, uh, it is it is very good. Uh, the way that it is connected to Chrono Trigger is not immediately apparent, but incredibly satisfying once it's laid out. Um, the things that it does with uh, like 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 cr- like Chrono Cross specifically was the game that like made me fall in love with that m- you know multiple dimensions uh, you know many worlds kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. for as, you know, uh, overplayed as that would eventually become in genre fiction. Like that was my first exposure, uh, to, to, to a lot of this. Um, we're probably not going to be covering it for this show, uh, because the aforementioned colorblind issues, like the battle system is it, it, like, it requires you to identify the color of something, which is really hostile and bad. Uh, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> I, I have no idea why I didn't like, I mean, I know why I didn't cause I was 20 and money meant a lot. So right. I, I yeah. bought a game uh-huh. and I, and I had to play it, but like, Holy shit. Like yeah. I'm imagining how I'd feel now just being like, okay, well, when I match up the yellow and the yellow, sometimes it works and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. And not just being furious. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the time I was like, oh, every life a little rain. I guess I'll just keep <laughs> going through this. Like, such a dumbass. Like, what a, what a stupid kid I was. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, so. I do not, like, people get really affectionate for the time when they had no discernment. Mm-hmm. Uh I have absolute contempt for myself as a period. I had absolutely zero discernment. What an idiot. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, I don't have to be kind to, to, to old me. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's a fiction. Yeah. Like, many worlds taught me that. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's, uh, it's funny that uh, this is the thing that introduced you to many worlds, which means that in a many worlds novel, if I wanted to stop you from being individual novels, I'd have to go back in time and stop you from playing Chrono Cross. Yeah, probably. But and create you, an alternate universe goal. But then, but then you would take away something I enjoy, Gary. I don't like that. You, no, you'd be incredibly strong and handsome. 
like, like you know how many world stuff happens. There's no yeah. small. No, changes. yeah, yeah. It's it's kinda... like, like you you would either be in a wheelchair or you'd be like you know have like a, a trophy wife. You'd be an Olympian. Like it would have to be. You know, the only big swings. Yeah, yeah. No middle sliders when, when make, it comes to multiple yeah, universes. When it comes to multi, many world stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. I, I'm going to be streaming Chrono Cross, just to put a promo for that for the DuckFeed Twitch channel. Uh, those are going to be mm-hmm. daytime streams uh, starting uh, the week after this comes out on early release. So uh, head over there to watch me play through that game slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Square doesn't like the Chrono series. Nope. Uh, they've given up on it, and if you like it and want to make a fan game, they will kill you. Fuck you. They will murk uh, you in the night. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get dumpstered by Square <laughs> for for making this mistake. So do not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they copyrighted the names Chrono Break spelled both ways, mm-hmm. but nothing has come up. And if you try to, uh, they, they care more about stopping Chrono Trigger fan projects than they do uh, stopping the coronavirus <laughs> fan project. <laughs> to think about that. <laughs> The way society that. is, yeah. This doesn't need batteries. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're they're very litigious about it. Yeah, uh, which is not good. I don't uh, that's, that's, let people make stuff, especially if we're not gonna. No. Yeah, yeah. I hate it when they do it. I hate it when Nintendo does it. Yep. Like I, I, I think it sucks. I think it is a shitty thing about uh, game culture mm-hmm. or like game developer culture. Um, yeah. So that is the uh, the end of the generalities. If you are hearing this, it is because you are not a patron. We still love you. But if you'd like to hear the rest of it, go on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Give us $5 a month and get the rest of this episode and all of the past premium episodes. Yeah. Uh, At this point, that is, I think, maybe like 24 of them now. Yeah, we're coming. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on on something like that, and there are some doozies in there. Um, so Absolutely. consider doing that. Uh, next week we're going to be back with the dispatch episode. Let me look at the release here. It'll be too late by the time you hear this, probably to write in. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, if you have thoughts about September's games, which are Katana Zero. Uh, Sonic 2 or uh, Singularity or Darkest Dungeon. The de- deadline for that is September the 15th over at uh, duckv.tv slash contact. Yeah, in that dispatch, we'll be announcing October's games. Yep. So it's time to get spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you. And we'll see you next week with the dispatch.